Hello and greetings. Welcome to the Beyond Earth show. I am your host, Ray Trujillo, and thank you, all of you beautiful souls, for your presence and participation today. And it's a very special day. It's December 2nd, 2023, so we are embarking upon the end of a year, an end of a uh, epoch in our time, and our timeline. And so there's much to consider at the close of a year. There's much to consider and postulate for the upcoming years ahead and through our daily lives and our existence upon this planet. There's so much to reflect upon and be grateful for and to reminisce with the soul. And in the conjugation of the mind, body, spirit, in the materia, we just want to express daily that we are grateful for our existence, we are grateful for our beloved, our loved ones, our dear friends, and our acquaintances, and our beloved animal kingdom friends as well. So every day is a gift of the essential present. And so this show is typically in the introspection of otherworldly interplanetary postulations, theories, hypotheses about all matters of earth and beyond earth and also in the psycho-spiritual realm and the theological realms and in many times throughout our lives we have moments in which we truly have a, a tumult in which we encounter and also success in which we encounter and sometimes we have to enmesh with that and to also balance out the scale and to have a greater understanding of why certain things are to be. And so I have covered in previous shows about the parallel existence and soul contracts and also past life incarnations, karmic retributions, the soul's journey, and so forth. And today I decided to make a very special show for a very special, beautiful, beloved goddess, dear sister, soulmate of mine, my dear Lauren Boros, I wanted to dedicate this show to her beautiful, beloved father, who has just transitioned into the heavenly kingdom of God Almighty and the universal cosmos. And I wanted to take the liberty today to dedicate this show for the purpose of celebrating Joe Boros's life. And what a wonderful, strong, beautiful human being and such a lovely constitution of a father, of a spouse, of a friend, of a business owner, a friend to anyone, truly. And also such a brave heart as well, a life full of courage and tenacity and serving our country and also a beautiful recipient of Purple Hearts and so many honorables and decorated, a decorated beautiful soldier. And we thank his service and we thank his earthly contribution as a father to beautiful, beautiful daughters and, and also a spouse and just a beautiful person and overall and treated everyone with so much kindness and respect and I'm just so grateful to have known him in this earthly dimension. And in this third dimension, which we reside, 
there are so many friends that we encounter and also to our beloved animal kingdom. And I just want to mention Oscar, the feline best friend. And so we, we want to just celebrate the life and the beautiful legacy and legend of Joe Boros today and that the soul's incarnation, the tremendous legacy of his bright light is eternal and infinite as God intended it to be. And so you, Joe Boros, posited so much merit into this realm and into the great beyond. And we know that you'll always be with your loved ones, your family, especially your daughters and Oscar. And we are grateful for you. And so in addition to the celebration and the dedication to Joe Boros, I thought it would be a suitable time to discuss soul contracts, especially soul contracts in the parental and familial aspect of our soul's existence and our karmic impressions and imprints and also what our soul seeks to learn. And so, again, to the tumult and the success and the balance of everything and the yin and the yang and the elements of all that we contend with in this third dimension, there's so much beauty and so much power and so much grace and so much fortitude of the eternal realm of the soul in which the soul shines despite the reflection at times if we might not feel as shiny, yet we have to be reminded that we are essentially always so bright as God made it so. And so when we speak about the celebration of our beloved and our parents, our loved ones, in the here and now, in this third dimension, and also in the afterlife, in which we celebrate the journey that we all entreat upon to the great beyond at some point. And so our soul's purpose, when we reflect upon that, what is fulfilled throughout many lifetimes, what can we learn and what to can we teach as well throughout our lifetimes? And so the soul's contract that we choose to partake upon and to also share with one another, there's this inter-exchangeable essence of to choose to be chosen and to receive and accept that choice. We all are blessed with free will. So within our soul's inheritance, our attunement with one another, be it that our spouse, our children, our parents, our family members, our partners, our friends, our pets, colleagues, acquaintances, business partners, whatever it may be, that we all come in to have a retake in essence or to revisit something that perhaps we longed to revisit from the previous incarnation. And those that don't believe in reincarnation, then you can just take from this what you will and apply it to the present that we have the ebb and flow of good actions, non-good actions, and that the reciprocation of deeds, good and bad, returns back at some point because the law of action and cause and expansion, contraction, and so forth. Yet 
for the sake of the show, for the purpose of what I'm speaking of, I bit I will be attributing so much to the notion of past life and reincarnation and incarnations and the soul's attributes in the perpetual state of life. And we are told that our lives are eternal and from dust to dust to ashes to ashes and back to the earth again. And that is the cycle. And so whereby who is to truly say that the possibility of incarnation is not possible. So that's my stance there. So I will continue forth with that. Yet think of this though, think of the application in which there seems to be repetitive themes and cycles in our lives that there's this familiarity between someone that you just see at a cafe or at the gym or in a class and, or you just speak to them on the phone and you have this innate awareness that this person seems so familiar, yet I've never set foot in the presence of this person in the flesh. I've never yet heard their voice until today. I have never met this person in this particular life, in this particular epoch. But why is that so? Is that the quantum field of resonance? Is that the quantum entanglement of our soul's journey? Is there just this innate awareness that transcends the DNA molecules of ourselves, that transcends us on a biochemical response? Just when we see this resonation, perhaps those that can see through the veil in the biofield of the auric field and the illumination and where there's this warmth, there's this sanctification, there's this purification that's ensued when you're in the presence, in the midst of someone and an animal, a human, or just in a place. Even when you travel to a place that you've never been before, you see it or you hear it and you feel it. And when you hear it and you feel it, you sense it, there's that familiarity. And then when you actually get to go and visit that place or you're drawn there, you're compelled, you're summoned there, essentially. Your soul is drawn there to revisit. And how can we explain that? How can we explain that familiarity? Perhaps you've been there before in another life. So in essence, it equates to the same concept the same hypothesis of that perhaps if we hypothesize this and we hypothesize this and that and we look at all this conjecture of thought that perhaps we've been here before, right? And perhaps we've known this person before. And this is what I speak of with soul contracts. And so when we have these soul contracts that we are appointed to and we choose, we accept and I'll, of course, elaborate upon this further, yet that is the baseline of the concept of origination, of perhaps this is why some people have this perpetual state of fixation with, I want to help that person, I want to love that person, I want to heal that person, no matter what, in the unconditional conditional state of perpetual love right? And so also there's the notion of the aspects of the telepathy and just have that conscious awareness of knowing what that person's thinking, knowing what that person's doing, feeling that person from across the equator, knowing, 
feeling what they're doing. So there's so much of that and so much to consider with the soul because the soul is truly this magnanimous transmitter receiver in a multitude of ways in which when we entreat upon this school, this third dimensional realm, the school of earth, we are learning, we are teaching, we are learning, we're teaching, we're learning this inter-exchangeable notion of that we're here to learn, we're here to love, and we're also here to teach. And who signs up as the teacher? Who signs up as the student? Perhaps you sign up as a teacher, student, teacher, 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 student, teacher, 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 student, 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 teacher, that you go through and you exist and you go through the layers of those roles and you attain the constitution to have the strength and the humility and the discipline in the soul to learn and coalesce with that and work with it. And so when I speak of the journey of the souls, there's this essential symphony and it is with our grand alignment with our heavenly father, the holy kingdom, the universal cosmic realm, and in that alignment with our roles that are specific to the path. And we have the path of Christ, we have the path of Buddha, we have the path of the Shekinah. We also have the path of maybe I don't believe in anything. Maybe I don't have a belief system in anything. And that's fine. That's your free will to choose. Yet in that uniqueness of the orientation in which our exquisite impactfulness of ourselves, of our soul, and the profoundness of how we can affect others, good and bad, and also in the mediocre realm, there's so much power in that. There's so much impactfulness. How we smile at someone, or if we use a negative tone with someone, if it's unwarranted, let's just rephrase that. Yet, there's so much to consider with that. Every action has a result of action. And then what do we do with that action? And do we have a layer of our self-confidence and self-boundaries and self-love? And to truly just transcend beyond that and just forgive and move forward dependent upon the transgression, right? Yet, in essence, though, how we affect others and how we teach and how we learn. And again, the laws of the universe, the laws of divine law, essentially divine timing, the laws of the nature kingdom and the laws of our mind, body, spirit. There's so much in accordance with that. And it is a gift to be in the present, yes, but in all of this, what we learn upon the school of life to love and to be loved and to truly embrace compassion and to have a sense of serenity and forgiveness whenever possible, to release and surrender, to let loose of. When I say surrender and let loose of, it does not mean to give up. It does not mean to it essentially means let go and give to God, give it to your higher power, give it to God, give it to the greater counsel to re- alleviate from 
whatever you're at a limit with. Just surrender it. Just let go and give to God. Doesn't mean you're giving up on anything. It literally just means what it is that you surrender. It's not in a kumite where you surrender and you give up the spar and you throw in the towel and you're done in the ring. You're not, that is not it. But there's a surrender in which you release the burden upon the soul that happens to affect the self that is at such a place of burdensome notion that our hands seem tied. So we let loose of that. And typically, that is when the ancestral kingdom, our spirit guides, our garden angels, Jesus, Buddha, Kuan Yin, whatever you orient yourself to, that higher power, and you can say all of them if you will, but the higher power does insert itself when you call upon it to help out. And so when we have this notion of these great platitudes of compassion and serenity and forgiveness, it frees the soul, it liberates the soul, and you thereby enact in forgiveness. That's why Jesus Christ himself, the power of forgiving and the power of the forgiver, because when we forgive, we also release the poison. We forgive for ourselves. And so every time that we forgive and we love and we forgive and we love throughout our lifetimes, we increase our supernatural power of what the Holy Spirit intended for us, what our guardian angels intend for our souls, what our ancestral realm intends for our souls, to increase our fortitude, to become stronger warriors, stronger in the essential state of existence, to proceed forth, to earn the next level, to truly be able to have that tenacity and will. And again, fortitude of strength is everything and the discipline that comes with that. And you learn more and more, and then you can teach more and more. So when I speak of forgiveness, that is the concept in which I express that release of the toxic emotional and psychospiritual afflictions and defects and transgressions of others upon you that we release, that we surrender throughout our lifetimes. And when we encounter these soul contracts again, whether it be through parents, through partners, um, through friends, through any sort of relatable dynamic in that notion, even an acquaintance that just stirs you or someone who's kind to you and benevolent, um, there's something there in that exchange of energy. So there is the law of cause and effect and action equals a reaction, the ebb and flow of karma and also karmic retributions and gifts and what you pay forward, what you also have to go in a deficit for a moment to catch up. There are so many ways to look at this, yet in the essence of it all, when you grow and increase your soul's wisdom and you purify the self and you have sanctification, there's so much that can be drawn from that. And when you entreat upon a soul contract, you have an opportunity thereby to commune with a karmic opportunity to rebalance a scale. And this is what I speak of. And I give all these expositions to present to better convey these messages because this is all so vast that 
there's so much detail in the equation of our souls and the equation of the universe, the equation of our soul's journey, that it is not so easy to simplify. Yet, in layman's terms, though, there is truly that, yes, to give goodness and to receive whatever lessons you may need to and to also have the opportunity to teach. And so that is why we have contracts in so many ways that in the aspect of that when we have this divine rightful inheritance within us, when we have in this particular life to learn and to love and to forgive and to be generous and kind and to um, really retake this life, redo this life in the way that perhaps in a previous incarnation that you had some unfinished business, perhaps, that perhaps there is something you wanted to learn. Perhaps you mastered so much. Perhaps you mastered and you were a, you know, beyond a 10th degree black belt. But this life you wanted to become like and swim like a great white shark, but you didn't know how to swim in a previous life, but you were a master in another life. And this life you want to swim so perfect like Michael Phelps. You want to just be so beautiful in the water and swim so effectively and just be able and in a previous life you drowned you may have died from drowning even though you were able to combat on the ground and the elements you see the dynamic here so in essence it's like okay i mastered so much in the previous but now i want to master something else and perhaps i'm going to choose individuals to if see if they'll accept the challenge and then I will teach them and we'll have an agreement to teach each other and learn from each other. And that is essentially soul contracts in a brief paraphrase in that statement. Yet you see how, when we embrace these notions that there's so much to consider so many angles and avenues, Perhaps your life was taken from you in a previous life when you were prematurely murdered at a very young age. And you say, you know, truly, I have the constitution to reincarnate and come back and live till I'm 105. No one's ever going to kill me again. You see my point? There's so many possible probabilities to consider with these aspects, but they're all contracts. They're all aligned and attuned to ourselves that are in that exquisite uniqueness that in that individuality that each of our souls has such a beyond just the unique blueprint of our dna molecules like a blueprint of our soul just like a fingerprint that no two are alike just like a snowflake no two are alike and in a perfect world in the sacred geometry there's precision and detail in everything Yet there's also precision and perfection and detail in every single one of you and every single one that has lived and now living beyond the veil in the cosmos of heavenly divine. And so when we speak of all of this significance, that when we hear that in the gift of life, when we hear that this life is a sacred gift, that the gift of our spirit, the gift of our true vessel and the flesh in which we enter this physical world, the circuitry of our mind. So in that 
essence, we have this divine rightful inheritance to life of our soul and also the self-awareness that the kingdom of heaven is truly within and upon you. And so when you embrace your soul's gift and you embrace the gifts that we share with one another and reminding you, whether it's your parents that's here or on the other side, or if it's a partner, a friend, a family member, anything, it's never too late to love and it's never too late to forgive ever. And it's never too late to comprehend and seek more understanding. And it's never, ever too late to have that comprehension and that great benefic understanding of that which complements your connection to that person. That things will come up delayed as far as uh, perhaps a delayed response to something that's painful, that's tragic, and also a delayed response to something that's so innocent and so beautiful and so benefic. And so when we have this, it's never too late to understand the journey, the significance of the journey, your journey, your parents' journey, your spouse, your partner, your friend, your family, whoever it may be, is never too late to comprehend the journey. You put the pieces together whenever it's possible for you. You align and you create what makes sense to you and what doesn't make sense, that's okay. You can revisit it at another point in time because things do process within ourselves, even when we least expect it, that we receive this inherent knowledge at times and it comes in in its own divine timing. And that is especially so with our soul contracts. And so we celebrate the life of our beloveds that have transcended this earthly plane and the unknowns and the should have and the would have and the could have and the regrets or the, I wish I could just love this person one more day. I wish I could just tell them, Hey, thank you for being my father. Thank you for being my mother. Thank you for being my best friend. Thank you for everything. They can still hear you. They can still connect and feel you. The importance is keeping them alive through the memory, keeping them alive in your realm because they're alive infinitely in the great beyond. They can feel and see everything with this beautiful, ultra conscious of knowing about everything. They know every single detail of everything with this highly beautiful, evolved understanding of all life and matter in the Naturia Materia world, the natural world, the divine realm, everything. And there's no judgment. They are fully immersed in the grandest of grand, so much so that it is impossible to even fathom how much that transcendental equation sums up their soul's knowledge. We have just a minute microcosm awareness of what they have the awareness in. And this applies to all living beings, animals, humans. And also, so when we are here as living mortals in this third dimension, when we keep our beloved alive in the realm of our thoughts, in our telepathy with them, in our prayer for them, in our 
meditations with them and our visualization with them. And we are connecting, even if at times we may not be able to always hear the feedback, the response. Sometimes we can't and sometimes we can't, but they can always receive the message. And so that's something of great importance with the journey of the soul, because when we understand ourselves more and we understand the significance of the journey, we also understand our contracts here on earth and beyond this earth. And the spirit always is attuned to the adventures of life, always. And so it's a reminder in our quantum field of sharing with one another that you know, if we want to speak of um, let's the quantum entanglement, right, and the enmeshments and what's complementary, what 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 complements one another, and also what's discordant, what seems to um, let's say tra- trespass upon the elements of harmony, right? And if there's such a injurious element of what this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel good. Um, there's so much there to consider to work with. Why does it not feel good? What is burdening you? What is troubling you? And you sit with that in a safe place, quietly. You sit, you speak to God, you speak to Buddha, you speak to your angels, you speak to archangels. Whatever it is you must do, you chant, you affirm it, you read it, you cognitively express this, you dialogue it out, whatever you need to do. And then allow the subconscious to extract and see what comes up, the good and the not so good. And if it's all greatness, that's beautiful. Celebrate that. And even the sorrow, celebrate that because you're extracting, you're expunging it from your soul's realm. And then you have these elements also in which we have the choices. Now when we go into the choices of our soul contracts, and the feelings that come up from that as well, that we have numerous opportunities for coexisting. And so in the coexistence of our soul's journey, essentially, there is truly a soiree. You can think of it as a gathering. You can think of it as a reunion. You can think of it as a, like I said earlier, like a retake or a take two or but it essentially is a reunion of souls. And so that greatness that's here upon this earth and what is feasibly possible, what we make so, the positives that we make from all of the instances of difficulty, however we see it, whatever we can navigate around, then we see the contention And we see what we have to resist against. We see what we have to blend with. We see what we have to truly allow ourselves to just go through that dark shadow for just a moment to visit that place and sit with it, confront it, face it, look at it. Does it feel familiar? Have you been there before with somebody that you love that's no longer here? Have you? been in this beautiful place before? Have you been in both? Have you been in the dark place, the shadow place, and then you went into the light also with this person? Have you chosen to come back together and make a redo, make a a reunion of such, and 
the places of opposites. This is where the soul loves to choose the opposites at times to challenge ourselves. If we were to choose our essentially exact, like a Stepford wife, kind of this monotonous clone-like existence, just everything is exactly the same. There's nothing to contend with. Everything is exactly in this monotone and in this repetitive cycle where it's just so predictable and there's no challenge. There's nothing that's stimulating in the intellect or in the spiritual sense or in the emotional sense. And how do we grow? How do we grow from that? If you think of Buddha, you know, Siddhartha, like the being essentially born with everything and no challenges, everything you can think of afforded to him. But when he looked beyond the castle walls, he saw the pestilence, the poverty, the challenge, the need for, the desire and the wanton yearning for for sustenance, for nurturing, for food, for water, for things that are the basic fundamental principles that we all need to exist. He saw that. So he decided to leave his castle walls, the palace walls, to seek and to become a beautiful teacher, to teach. So many people can have their own interpretation of what I'm speaking of, yet the days of our lives, truly, the the way that our soul reflects and shines in the body of ourselves, and we can forget sometimes just how bright our soul shines, just because at times that when we can have the most minute puddle of existence, right, that there's the most minute puddle but that grand spectrum of our soul can reflect upon that. And we have to really remind ourselves within because we can't always trust the reflection that we think that we see, the illusion, the maya, right? We have to really look within with our higher conscious stream and say, do we trust this feeling? Do we trust that our soul is truly essentially shining as bright as the sun? as the stars, as the moon, the full moon, let's say, right? And so those are the times in which we can be contested. And we have to look within and remind ourselves that we are essentially a grand, grand, beautiful existence. Because the mind can often create a sense of murkiness. This computer mind, the monkey mind, the circuitry can be so marvelous, yet also the subconscious can truly dull that reflection at times with the shadows, right? Our shadow selves at times where we have the human condition of our emotions, our fears, our self-doubts. And also when we focus upon that, we lose our clarity. We lose our sense of that divine distribution of our soul's most cherished light and love, that supernatural power of love. And so When the mind is in this perpetual state of confusion and constant activity and there's this place of um, where we forget that we shine, forget that someone else is also shining, right? That's when we have to go to the place of balance and seeking that we're here to shine, we're here to love, and that this life is so powerful, your life is so powerful, that the shine of the soul is so paramount 
and so profound and so magnanimous that every single person that we love, be it our father, be it our mother, be it someone who's here, someone who's not on this earthly plane at this moment, who's transitioned, there's still so much power that that shining in the soul, it never extinguishes. That magnanimous essence, the shine, the light, the glory, in essence, it is the glory of the soul. And it's so eternal. It's so infinite that death itself, in the transitionary way, can never, ever, ever halt or cease that metamorphosis of the continuation. Death itself can never truly extinguish that light and the shine of that very soul. We're in this perpetual state of continuation. We really are. And the illusion, the maya, the false reflection at times in which we feel like this is the end, there's no hope for tomorrow. How is it too late for me to say something I wanted to say? It's never too late because our souls are in this convergence with one another while we're living and while we're living in the heavenly realm, in the celestial kingdom. And so when we go through our timelines and we consider the transitions and the cycles and the cycling of in and the cycling out, right? We're in this perpetual state of cycling in, cycling out, metamorphosis, cocoon, chrysalis, all of that. And when we consider that and we truly embrace that knowledge, it's a loving reminder that our soul is this everlasting essence. And what is an essence? An essence is everything that you embody in the soul star in your auric field, in your consciousness, the origin of consciousness, that no one can truly explain where does it go when our physical flesh no longer serves us, right? And so when we look at the timelines of our soul's journey, this is that reminder that we're so resilient, so steadfast, that we truly continue to perpetually shine on regardless of that vessel that we entered this particular lifetime in. So the state of the vessel, the cloak of skin, the cloak of flesh.
thank you also for being here. And in continuation, there's so much with the perpetual state of the soul in the tangibleness in which I was speaking of that we're so used to the tangibleness of the third dimension in which we can hug and we can kiss and we can embrace and shake a hand and just love that individual. Yet in the essence of when the soul transcends, there's so much more to the materia, so much more to the cloak of flesh in which there is that embrace of the grandiose elements in which the soul star, our souls and our spirits are grander than life itself. And so there's just that exquisite beauty of that longevity, of that eternal embracement of love and that evidence where in the tangible we have the evidence where seek the evidence to touch, to feel, to hold, to kiss, to have the reciprocation of the touch, correct, in the tangible. Yet when we are in the spiritual form in which we transcend this earthly realm, the third dimensional cloak of skin, there's that innate awareness that there's something greater and beyond. And when we can orient ourselves to that, there's that crystallization of knowledge in which everything is solidified. And so the solidification, again, of that metamorphosis and the strength of the life and the strength of that the secrets of the soul can truly be revealed to each of us during certain parts of our life and beyond this life in the great beyond, in the great heavens and the great cosmos. And so when we exist with that, when we coexist with that, that there are numerous secrets of our souls and secrets that truly death can never, ever extinguish. Death can never destroy that light of our soul. And so when we are reminded of that, that when we venture forth to question our existence and our contracts with one another, and when we truly act upon our faculties of the mind and the constructs of our mind, body, spirit, and we investigate, we seek intel, we postulate, we explore the possibilities, then there's the expectation of having an answer, correct? And sometimes we don't receive the answer in the time that we would like it. Yet the answer will always come to you, no matter what. If it's not now, it will come to you. And there's mercy upon us also in the reprieve of life. I want to remind you that in the reprieve of our existence, in the reprieve of our soul's journey, that there's a time of tranquility to be in repose, to be in rest, and the memories of our legacy, the memories of your legacies, the memories of your beloved's legacy, your father's legacy, your mother's legacy, anyone, the memory of the legends that we really hope to create while we're living here on this third dimension, 
to exact and to posit meritorious actions and provide the essence of love and provide the soul star's truthful, rightful action and to just posit everything with the Holy Spirit, with the Atman, with the any terminology you want to ascribe to, that there is a sense, you know, in essence, that soul's expression and the perceptible, you know, where, what's perceptible here? What is um, in that interpretation? When we perceive everything, what's perceptible in the mind's eye? What is significant? We think of that in that material of our earthly vessel, that flesh, the mask of matter. And when we have the cloak over the soul that envelops us, and then we become distilled in essence into a certain refinement in that natura materia, in this contract, we decide, we choose, and we say, I choose to be your father. I choose to be your daughter. I choose to be your best friend. I will choose to be your your child. I will choose to be your spouse. I will choose to be your cat, your dog. You see how this all relates. So when we have this modulation in the effervescent body and the coexistence of the spirit, that there's so much in the mind, body, and spirit and the matter of the soul. And so in the incarnations of our life and what we contend with and what we can reminisce with as well, that our soul remains to truly exist eternally. And when we have these individuals in our life, be it our father, be it our daughter, be it our spouse, be it our mother, be it our son, that is no mistake, regardless of any circumstances that are of good or not so good, the balance of the scales, the opposites seem to attract at times to provide the contrast and also the expansion and also when I say expansion of the soul, that's essentially what I mean, the evolution of the soul's awareness. And in my upcoming show, I plan to elaborate further upon soul's contracts and but there's so much to discuss here and so much to consider. And the one main element here that in closing that I'd like to address is that when the soul has a progression that's innately pure and it shapes our consciousness, there's the origin of our consciousness and it aligns with our life and aligns with the quantum resonance with the lives around us, essentially. And when we look at the seat of our soul, the crown of our soul, that the aspects of ourselves that we do continue and that we have our karmic imprints. And so anything in our epigenetic memories, anything that interfaces with that, um, our DNA blueprints, those karmic impressions, the karmic imprints, our soul's navigation of perpetuation, the veils that we see through. And when we look at the edges of the world, essentially, that what is perceptible in this dimension for ourselves, and what is imperceptible, what is what? And so 
those infractions, the transgressions, any mistakes, the near misses, the self-doubts, the lack of belief in oneself, the lack of belief in anything at all, that's okay. Because it's okay. Or know that you did your best. Just It's not too late to love. It's not too late to just express and celebrate anything at all. It's not too late to love yourself or to love anyone. It's never too late to do anything at all. And so when we have that with our lessons and what we learn and what we teach and what we teach to ourselves and what we draw from in particularly the experiences in the here and now, what we want to gain anew and the cosmic love force and what we have that's truly asunder for us that is in essence that our thought forms and where we orient those unique expressions and prayers and what we affirm that's all part of the cosmic life force the gift of god's life to us and so in closing the gifts of our soul truly and the gifts of being a child the gifts of being a daughter a son the gifts of being a father, a mother, the gifts of being a partner, a friend, anybody at all to anyone, whatever dynamic. But in essence, though, we celebrate the life and the contracts of our souls with each other. We celebrate our beloved. We celebrate the life of Joe Boros, a beautiful, tremendous father, a wonderful, exemplary human being. We celebrate him today. We celebrate him every day. We celebrate our loved ones that are in the heavenly cosmos and we are so grateful for everything that we got to share and learn from and teach and share this school of life with and that your life that joe boros lives on eternally and that he's just in a more beautiful and enlightened place that we all will reunite with at our destined time when it's our time to transition from this planet and so thank you all of you today for your presence your participation thank you all also for those that subscribe i appreciate you very much and i did want to just say this that when we engage with the ancient serpent in the words of saint paul if when we engage with the ancient serpent that we truly win the crown of glory and we do win that crown of glory in this life. We do in every way, whatever we confront, that the crown of glory is within us and around us at all times. And so we are blessed always. And I thank you for your presence today. And I look forward to the upcoming show with you. And make the gift of the present today, make that the most paramount in teaching one another and learning from one another. And God bless you all. And it's been lovely. I'm your host, Ray Trujillo of the Beyond Earth Show. Have a beautiful weekend. Bye.